You would, some people would say, the slap heard around the world. Pretty much a slap that no one heard about. <laughs> you know, uh, there was a phrase that made its way around, I don't know, the youth a few years back. Right. Which was when something was really good, they go, that slaps. That's what they would say. Really? Yeah, I never heard that one. Uh, and uh, Lucas, Lucas would say it all the time. The slaps. I, I found it kind of irritating because it seems vaguely sexual in nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? So every time he would say it, I'd go, Psh, ew. <laughs> <laughs> so as to dissuade him from using it. <laughs> and Did it, it became, work? It became a family <laughs> moment. Ooh, it totally worked. <laughs> it totally worked. Was it Lucas? <laughs> Lucas would say it, and I would make the noise, <laughs> and then Jonah and Max would get this look in their face like, my dad is crazy. <laughs> it was fun. Oh, jeez. Well, our dog, so the speaking of the psh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> the dog, like, anytime I go to hug my wife or kiss her, the dog goes and physically gets in the way. <laughs> He's like, this looks like fun. No, she doesn't <laughs> look like fun. She, I don't know. My wife is convinced that the dog is jealous that I'm giving her affection, but I'm convinced that the dog just does not like me giving her affection. Does that make sense? Yeah, the dog's jealous. Look, I mean, I've got a son like this. Like Jonah tries to, I mean, all my kids at some point have tried to wedge themselves between me and my wife a right. little. But Jonah, Jonah's, Jonah's a specialist. <laughs> His move is just uh, like patience. It's like, oh, dad's out of town. I'm here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. All right. So speaking about a town, you, you said your wife was out of town. Yeah. She went up to uh, Washington, um, Seattle to uh, take care of a, a, a dear friend of hers who's yeah. uh, in a nursing home and looked like she was going to pass away. Uh, she kind of nursed her back to health a little bit. Okay. Um, so she was a little bit more peppy when she left. And uh, anyway, she came back. Have it, so do you have this? Exp- I don't do well when my wife's gone, by the way. I do yeah. terrible. Uh, because I, I go into survival mode, which okay. is doable. Yeah. Uh, but survival mode is just, you know, you may be eating a hot dog and it may not be cooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's look, food. Look. Technically. <laughs> I can't be expected to know all these things. Right. I'm like, I Cheetos is a food to me. So it is a food. It was so a food to it's, me. It's in the food pyramid. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It says corn on it. Right. Right. Yeah. And it says food coloring. There you so go. it must be. It's, it's it says self, right there. And it's in the title. Right. Self-evident. <laughs> so that whole. Uh, so you don't do well when the wife is gone. No, I don't do. I don't do like for, for some reason, like meaning life kind of just leaves. <laughs> Oh, my wife's that's not here. There's that's no what's funny is the look on your face is just one of it's not it's not like you're terrified. Like, like you can figure out how to eat a hot dog, right? It's right. that you the look on your face is just like, what am I even doing? Yeah. <laughs> that's I really feel lost when she's gone. I don't sleep. I don't like I, I'm like, what's the purpose in life? You know, and I'm like, oh, I gotta do this for the kids. <laughs> so. Stay strong, William. It's been four long days. <laughs> it was terrible. But th- I've had a couple you put weird on a little ex- show when she comes back. You do a little, you get a little marching band, you glean things up. Yeah. Okay, so it's interesting when she's gone. I feel like, okay, in order to kind of indicate that I had it, I had this right. Yeah. And this was a particular stressful situation for my wife because she was going up. Uh, her friend has no family at all. Yeah. So the congregation is kind of helping out with her care. Okay. So she had, like, she was basically going up there, and because she's got no one, and she looked like she was going to pass away, 
she was going to go through her house and look for things that make it so she met, mattered, meaning okay. she doesn't, you know, that's a huge weight to have on her shoulders, right? So she's looking for birth certificates and genealogical ideas and pictures and things that really make it so that she just doesn't disappear when she leaves. It's kind of a depressing thought. It is a depressing thought. And she had a very heavy, heavy heart about this. Like she really wanted to make sure. And so she goes into her friend's house. Her friend's now in her nursing home. And the friend's house is like, every room is full of boxes, but they're not like labeled. So she's just got this daunting task to comfort her friend, yeah, care for her medical needs and make sure that, because what's happening is uh, the details are basically they need to sell everything to pay for her medical care. Okay. So they're going to auction everything off inside the house. So there are things that are of value like dishes and things like that. She has beautiful um, sets of China and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and, and so there's some things, things of value that they can sell to be able to pay for this, but it's all happening in like a week. And so my wife's like, uh, you know, what if some, and once they're done, by the way, auctioning off the good stuff, the, this company will take all the other stuff and then clean the house. So they, this get rid of it. So it's just a daunting task. Anyway, the point is, is that I was trying to make sure I got this right. Uh, and I was trying to pepper up, like, don't worry about home. You know, yeah, yeah. I got this. And yeah. she's like, so in order to show that I had it, yes, I picked something. You picked a thing. You fixated. I pick a thing that would not normally have gotten done. But to show that I was on top of stuff, yeah. so I did laundry. Nice. And lots of it. Great. I folded it. You I folded it? I folded it. Wow. I did not put all of it away. Mostly her stuff because I don't know where all her stuff goes. So I folded it and I'm like, okay, that's the thing. And if I if the bed's made and the laundry is, you know, done and everything's generally picked up, yeah. we're going to be in good shape. So the kitchen wasn't 100%. Right. But it was 85. 85? Right. Look at me, 85. I mean, she married a man, so yeah, it's not, it's not like I mean, eighty five. It's the double, kids that's survived. Double, that's double what would be expected, I right? Say, I think. <laughs> However, I failed in many aspects because my daughter was having a medical issue, so she wasn't going to school. Oh no! <laughs> so there's one out. Boom! And Couldn't then when she school, comes wouldn't. home, my wife immediately starts to like you know clean counters and stuff like that. I'm like. <laughs> Well, there's your 15% so, right there. Somehow she found the 15% off the bat. Right? right off the bat. Just a white glove, like right. holds hand up, yeah, exactly. shows you. This was not acceptable. It's kind of like when I was, you know, changing diapers and I didn't do it perfectly. Yeah. There's a byproduct of that. The byproduct is I didn't have to change a lot of diapers. Right. Because you didn't do it right. I didn't do it right. Look, I'll tell you, I, when, when, I have this weird thing that I have discovered it's actually, there's actually two facets of it. One of them is kind of charming and romantic, and one of them is not. And it is this. Rachel and I, it feels like we do our work, and it's a fair amount of work, but then it's like work, sleep. That's kind of what we do. We yeah. work and we sleep. That's yeah. it, right? Yeah. And s s certain parts of the work just feel exhausted, like I want to sleep, but we're going to keep working because we have to work. Right. right. So then we went on this vacation a few years ago, and we're on the vacation, and I found that I did not have any need to sleep ever <laughs> like i had boundless energy i could i can like i get up early and i could stay up late i was like watching movies till midnight and i was like let's go for a walk on the beach just boundless energy right and i and and i concluded that um i love the family and love the kids but but that they are that they are a presence in my head and that when i am not 
when they're, oh, 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 when they're so not this, my responsibility, I'm not so exhausted all the okay, time. Okay, so your vacation was just with your wife. Just me and Rachel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had that experience too. Boundless energy. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, it's it's one of those experiences that like kind of rejuvenates you. Because, oh, so much. And your relationship because I've never thought about, you know, you see some people are like, oh, I don't know what to do now that the kids are out of the house. I'm yeah. thinking, Ooh. I know what to do. Yeah. Like, you know, my wife and I get along really good without the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But once the kids kind of get into it, it's like, you know, there's a stress that just I guess you. there is. So I didn't think that there was because we. I like my family. We get along great. And I know yours does too. Yeah. So it's not like there's something wrong with our family, but something about them being around makes me feel like I'm in charge in a way that saps energy yep. hard. Okay. So that's one thing I learned that I have boundless energy when, um, when it's just Rachel and I. Okay. Right. So that's the charming romantic part. What I've also learned is that when Rachel leaves the house, somehow, even if the kids are still with me, I... I feel empowered to do things that I don't feel empowered to do when she's around. And I cannot for the life of me figure this one out. Oh, I But like, you. I'll do these household, pro like these household projects that wait forever. Right. But then the moment Rachel's gone for three days, I'm like, I'm doing it. And like, but why? Like, I wasn't like, I, I mean, does she need to be out of the house for me to do it? No. Like I could have done it. No, the it's that extra motivation to surprise her and like give her a gift when she well, gets that home. Well, that's part of it. That's part of it. But it's beyond that. Like there's something about like, I think when Rachel's around, I'm tend in the same way that I tend that she and I tend to the kids in our life. I think when Rachel's around, I feel like a portion of my brain is oh. dedicated to kind of taking care of her. Yep. And if I shut that off to I go do that. a project, I feel guilty. I get like, that at some level, not like no, no, consciously, I get it. not yeah, like yeah, 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 not... explicitly. Because so so she left uh, last October, and I'm just like, there's this thing that she's been wanting to tear out of the kitchen forever. We had these wood panels all over the wall, and then we had bricks all over two other walls. Right. And she's gone for three days with the kids, just me at home. And I'm just like, boom, I got a two liter bottle of Coca-Cola and a hammer. I'm, I'm taking nice. all that crap down. So I tore it all out. Didn't tell her. Tore it all out. She came home to a totally destroyed kitchen. And, <laughs> Which um, she was super grateful but for. She was grateful. Well, she's getting, she's getting grateful now that we're starting to finish it. But she was impressed right. when she came home. Because it ended up being two tons worth of stuff that I took out by myself over the course of three days. Dude, that was like a serious dragon that you slayed. Serious. And then quartered it. Serious. <laughs> serious nice. dragon that was slain. Did you get dragon slayer points? Uh, I will when this is all said and done. So we are we're we're about to kick off the the next portion. So I told you I finished the wall. So I finished right. the interior of the wall. Right. I prepared the exterior of the wall for for stucco, meaning that I waterproofed it, put the boards down, put the cable wire cable down that you have to stucco over. Right. The chicken it's, wire. It's ready. Um, so it's ready to be, uh, do you have to get someone to stucco it or are you I'm trying to decide. I have friends that, that, that do their own patchwork and assure me that I can do it. And then I have other are friends. You, are you in an HOA over there? I am. Yeah. Do you know the actual color of your, of your house? I do. Yeah. Cause okay. we just, we just painted it last year. Oh, that's so, right. So I, I forgot like, about that. I have a five gallon thing of paint. Oh, in okay. Garage, so you're so. fine. I, I actually, uh, <laughs> we got cited by the HOA. Did you? Yes. They can't, I told they do you, these. you can't cover your house in pink flamingos without I know. What the heck? <laughs> those flamingos. Uh, no, they, they, uh, they do these drive-bys and then they, you know, tell you what you're, what's wrong with your house. So we get this terrible notice and says, you, there is a, a hearing on your home, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the a heck? Hearing? 
Yeah, it was so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, no, <clears throat> and it's like British courts that they have like the weird, <laughs> the weird wigs and <laughs> yeah, with the powdered wigs and the, no, they literally say in the in the thing like if you would like to have a lawyer present, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're like, we we've cited you before, which they had not, and they're like, and we sent you a letter, which I didn't get, yeah. and and it said that our um our garage has is uh faces the sun a lot. So it's it's faded. It's not not the same. So or the door or something? The garage doors. Or the okay. Right. And so it's bubbled a little bit and it's and it's chipped. And so there's probably, I don't know, three by three piece of exposed metal there. Three by three, I'm talking. So it's faded and there's a bubble. And so Jeez. they're like, hey, you've got to paint that. I'm like I mean, I don't know how you can face yourself in the morning, William. I know, right? <laughs> right? Like, like I mean, no, maybe, I, I maybe leave. take some time away from folding laundry and, you know, I put a little painted. elbow grease into the garage door. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, and then they're like, oh, and your, your shutters are, are faded and they need to be painted. So they give me this list of things that need to be painted, right? Okay. And they're like, here's your hearing time. So anyway, the hearing time. How did I get on this? H-O- oh, the color. So what I found out was I did get a painter to come out and he's going to come and do it and blah, blah, blah. I went to the hearing, by the way, and I'm like, my wife's like, I don't want to go to this hearing. I'm like, I do. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. This is going to be fun. And so they're like, hey, so they start out like. You should have like thought of the most gangster apparel you could possibly wear. Oh, no, I had, <laughs> dude, I had the, my three-piece suit on. Well, that's pretty good. Not, to, pretty be, good. Peaky, not to be trifled with. A Peaky with. Blinders style gangster, sure. Right. My Peaky <laughs> Blinders stuff was on. And he goes, uh, they're, they're like, so uh, you got our notice. I, I'm here, aren't I? I'm like. And they're like, so uh, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, well, I got a painter. When is it going to be done? In a week. They're like, okay, that was easy. And I'm like, yeah, no, not so much. How about we talk about how this went down? (laughs) I'm like, "Mm, we're in an HOA. We're supposed to be neighbors, (laughs) neighborly. Could you not have knocked on my door and said, hey, we noticed in our drive-bys to make everything beautiful that this is happening. Can you do something? We're like, well, we sent you a letter, snail mail, which I didn't get. And yeah. then you send me a threatening letter that says, bring your lawyer to a hearing. It sounds like I'm being summoned, right? You've been served. <laughs> and by the way, if you're going to do it that way, maybe you should do certified mail or real service. And they're like, what, what, what? And so the one lady's like, oh, I, I hear what you're saying. And I figure I have this theory about HOAs. Yeah. You're either on an HOA to have power to assert over others. I see. Or two, you're on an HOA to make sure that the people that want the power are are checked by you right so you're going on to save the save the world save the world right like i don't know like i i mean i'm torn because i'm my red-blooded american randy wants freedom all the time me too but i've just i've i describe the way our our city this way that there are neighborhoods that are settled right and there are neighborhoods that are developed right Oh, so a settlement versus there's people that came here to live settled. Yes. And there's people that came here to build a development. And and there's and you and I both live in neighborhoods that are developed. Correct. I live adjacent to a couple neighborhoods that are settled. Settlements. Yeah. Um, Are they based on time, though? Because it seems like the early 80s. The truth is is, all all the neighborhoods around me were developed. They just weren't developed the way they're developed now. Well, they're they're older. But but in but in the neighboring congregation, there's neighborhoods that are straight up settled. Like there's still dirt roads and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. There are fancy neighborhoods with dirt roads. With humongous homes. Humongous homes. Dirt roads. roads. Um, Okay. All all that to say. 
I so I I have lived in I've lived in settled neighborhoods a bunch of times. So I've grew up in one, and I I lived in one in the Bay Area, and it's a real crapshoot to 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 say like if your neighbors decide to go hog wild and paint their house turquoise, that your house value suddenly goes to crap. Like it is a risk, and so like I have a tiny I have mixed sympathies on HOAs. I've already gotten two letters. One was like paint your fence. And one was like, oh, and then they had to approve the color of our house paint. It took them forever. Even though it's from their book of like approved house paints, they're like, you know, they could just be like fire off a yes. <laughs> but they had the architectural committee approve the color we painted our house. So I, I hate that stuff as a red-blooded American. Right, me Also, too. I love <clears throat> that I love that I'm going to be protected to some degree from the crazy things that could happen in our neighbor's yard. You know what I mean? By the way, I, I think that's a, well, <clears throat> I think that's a, I think that's the way they sell HOAs. Yeah. I think that the HOAs in reality are the way uh, a civic government gives up or, or, or says, I don't want responsibility for this area. So the developer has to have responsibility for the area. So Maybe. they set up a pseudo government in order to well, do that. Are, are, you, are you saying you'd prefer laws to govern what color you can pay your house? Cause I don't love that. Well, no, what I'm saying is, is that, uh, your paint color affecting your neighbor's, uh, value, is value? not a real thing. I mean, if they put, if that neighbor say, if my neighbor left, if my uh, neighbor builds a wall and then puts concrete on top of the wall and then takes broken bottles and puts it into the concrete as if to suggest that our neighborhood needs protection from, from invaders, that would affect my neighborhood immediately. Everyone would be yeah, like, but crap, so man. the problem is, is that you're, 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 you're how many people are really going to do that? How many people are going to paint their house flamingos? Uh, you know, put flamingos. Yeah, on I don't know. Plan. It's it's just not that many because they own their house too, and they don't want the value to go down. And it's it's a false narrative. It's one of those things that like, uh, that's that's how they sell it. But the H the truth of the matter is, it's really just a way for the city to say we're not going to take care of it. We don't want to have the money to take care of it. So you're going to tax yourselves and take care of your own roads because all those roads that go into our neighborhoods are not city. We gotta we gotta keep the uh you know those things going now. There's benefits to that because maybe we can do it better our, by ourselves. I don't you know. know. <laughs> and so there are benefits. I think our neighborhood's nice, but I did go in there with kind of my. Your neighborhood is nice. I I I went in with a <clears throat> a sword. My wife's like, "What did you tell him?" I'm like, "Well, I'm not doing anything until you fix the plants over here." <laughs> so, anyway, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that that took a dour turn. It I don't did, know. It I mean, the mini start talking HOAs. Yeah, HOAs. They're bummers. Ooh. Hey, I got a question. Okay, yeah. so we we started talking about the slap heard nowhere. <laughs> I got to ask you, like, what's your take on this? Like, first of all, do you think it was real? Look, here's my take. I'm starting to think that Hollywood aren't the examples that I should be following in my life. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if I should put my faith in Mr. Will Smith <laughs> and his polyamorous wife. <laughs> Is she polyamorous? Oh yeah, she is. <laughs> Forgot the open marriage. My wife is just loving because she loves memes. What like, the what? The, what? What the heck was that? So weird. So have you seen I, you the know, whole? You know, I had another thought last night about this. I I started to think. I wonder if because he after he did the slap, he said, "Get my wife's uh, name out of your mouth," which right. is something that you. But he's screaming it in a room full of people. <laughs> I started to think that maybe. I wonder if maybe he 
thought that the joke was dirty. <laughs> like, because I didn't get the joke. I'm a comedian, okay? I didn't get the joke. Oh, I did. G.I. Jane, the original movie. The, well, the I got it. Art... The moment someone explained it, I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay. But did you get it? When he yeah, yeah it? I got it. Immediately? Yeah. Okay. She's bald. Well, I didn't get it. Um, and so but I didn't care. I thought for, for of, of the things those people say on stage, which is written, by the way. Yeah. That was totally mild. Yeah. So this has been talked about a ton. All I have to say is I don't really have anything to say about that, except the joke that I already made. Which okay, is, dude. I'm starting to I think got, that Hollywood isn't the, aren't the level-headed uh, ex- <laughs> exemplars that so I cute. wish they were. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, so I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I do want, though. I want a Denzel Washington t-shirt, and I want a Bradley Cooper t-shirt. Those guys both jumped up on stage. Like, who are the real heroes, right? Like, all these superheroes in the audience. And Bradley Cooper and Denzel Washington walk up on stage and make peace. I love that crap. I Dude, love I love it. Denzel Washington. Anyway, he's a freaking stud. And Bradley Cooper, by the way, he has done some movies. That guy's got chops. He's legit talented. Did you did you watch American Sniper? Yeah. Okay. Did you read the book? No. This is one of those situations where the movie is better than the book, which is really rare. <clears throat> yeah, because I read the book, and it's a terrible story in the sense that um, how it ended, but. Bradley Cooper played that guy so well. Yeah. So well. It was a really good movie. He should have gotten a camera. Anyway. And the movie movie he directed, um, which I did not like and I do not recommend, um, but it was really well directed. Which one? Uh, It was was up for... Is this one with Lady Gaga? Shining Star, Lady Gaga, Rising Star. Star is Born. Yeah, Star is Born. But, dude, it's legit good. I, I'm just, I, I don't recommend Dude, that guy's it because got chops. it's a sad I mean, he, story. He but... looked like he was going to be a pretty boy is stuck in, uh, you know, Jim Carrey roles, uh, it, where he's just kind yeah. of, man, he's got heat. He, that guy's got chops. Anyway, so, so here's so, my, so here's, here's my your take on the slap and then we're going to move right Okay. On, here's cause... my take on the slap. First of all, what the devil. Wait, wait. <laughs> Dude. First of all, when it said Chris Rock, my son was like, who would slap the rock? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, why? Who would slap that guy? Yeah, right. I'm like, no, son. Chris Rock is a comedian. That guy, dude, that guy, he he kept it together. Yeah, do you hear him? He kept it together so much that I literally thought that it was a staged thing. That's what and like he's like, I just got slapped the crap out of by Will Smith. He's like, greatest night in television. I'm like, for real, that guy, that guy is a superstar. <laughs> Take the Academy Award out of Will Smith's hands, hand it to Chris Rock. Dude, for how he let that go on? Like, look, if you're a standard comedian, you've you've seen some stuff. You know what I'm saying? But to straight up get punched on on stage and roll with it, like that's something. Well, like, that's legit to talent. be fair, it was a slap. Dude, it's a slap. Six three men open hand slapped you hard. Like. That was yeah. real. That was and real he thing. didn't flinch. And he didn't he didn't go to the next level, which would have been a fight. Right. So dude, Chris Rock, dude, superstar. Will Smith. <laughs> uh I mean, I guess we thought something was wrong with you before, but we we put up with it because you're a pretty good actor well, and you're no, fun to like, watch. Such a I mean, but I've, lo- I've loved that guy for 20 years. Like yeah, so, me too. It's, so it's disappointing. Like it's it's disappointing. I will admit that I'm not disappointed. I just look at it thinking to myself, this is so weird. When he started, okay, the slap itself would have yeah. been weird, but the fact that he's yelling in a room full of people that uh, you know, I'm I'm just like that's so embarrassing for you. Like it's yeah. so embarrassing. And people are like, "Oh, he protected his my wife was started out say, "See, I protected his wife." I'm like, "No, uh-huh. you're public star, you're public people." Yeah. Anyway, what a weird, what a weird What a night. weird weekend. So, I will say but, that nobody watched the Oscars, but everybody watched the slap. Well, so 
and I, I want to go on record saying, so uh, <clears throat> this actually leads to a really interesting topic. I listened to a conversation the other day that I was fascinated by, not because it's a new idea, but just because it was, it was spoken about by people who clearly know something about it and had some really interesting takes on it. Okay. And it was, uh, it was that, uh, it was the, the former editor of the New York times started her own podcast. Um, she, her, oh, yeah, pod, you, you her name is Barry Weiss. Yeah. She, her, the podcast is called honestly. And William doesn't quite like it because, uh, and I don't blame him, but because her, her, the way that she talks, she talks very much like an intellectual from the East. NPR. Da, 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 NPR. She's got a very NPR sound, but she's willing to, she's willing to talk about things that everybody else on the secular left cannot talk about. So it's kind of fun for me because like, I, I don't mind the NPR lilt as long as we're willing to have real conversations and she yeah, is. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, so anyway, she had a conversation with this guy um, who I'm, I'm looking it up so I can uh, share it. The episode was called, it's, her podcast is honestly, the episode is why no one trusts anything. And the guy that she spoke with um, was, let's see, do, 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 do. Yuval Levin. Yuval Levin. And he's a former, um, he's a journalist and academic, congressional staffer and a domestic policy staff member under George W. Bush. Okay. Th his whole spiel is about how the idea of institutions generally is collapsing. That not so and so he started naming off institutions that we all know are collapsing, like higher education, like the media, those are collapsing. Right. But 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 it's getting to where the idea of institutions is collapsing. And the next step is anarchy. And that's super dangerous. So we're like, oh, we can't trust the media. We can't trust uh higher ed. Okay, fine. But then it's like, we can't trust Congress. Got it. We can't trust the CDC. Uh okay. We can't trust the NBA. All right. We can't trust Hollywood. Okay. We can't trust marriage. All right. We can't trust men. <laughs> like any institution right. is being questioned. Every institution is being questioned. And this is the only, this is the only case I've heard made. So I, I am a table flipper by nature. One of the things that I liked and enjoyed about, um, the, about the, the president Trump's, reign of terror right i call it reign of terror because a lot of people think of it that way right um i liked that he was willing to to table flip and say like oh you can't fire that guy he's a he's an american institution he's fired <laughs> <laughs> like I, I i don't like the idea that you would fire someone who didn't deserve it but i like very much the idea that people don't deserve to sit in chairs that are important just because they've historically important they they have to deliver results or they're fired. I like the table flipping. I yeah, like I, I'm with you. That's one of my things. <clears throat> so this is the first case that I've heard that made me question whether or not I should like the table flipping. And it made me think hard about it because I, and I thought, and I, and I've been thinking about it for two weeks since <clears throat> because of, of what I just said, which is how far do you want this to go? Like, like, yeah. Oh, you can't trust you can't trust the NBA. You can't trust higher ed. Okay. But do you really want no one to trust anybody ever? No. Okay. So what institutions are you willing to build up? If I'm willing to table flip the white house chief of staff, because I think it's funny, fine. But what am I not willing to table flip? What institutions am I willing to fight to restore trust in and to renew? 
And I think that's what I've been thinking about ever since. Because, for example, like they had this long conversation about institutions. And then at one point, Barry Weiss just asked the question, do you think that this is all happening as a result of the collapse of religion? And, and that was an interesting question to me. Do you, do you, well, I have a question on the premise of that. Do you think religion is collapsing? Well, that's what I, I wanted to say. That, yeah, it's collapsing. It, it's down. We're down 20% in the last 10 years of people that regularly attend church. It was 60, 65%. Now it's like 40, 45%. Yeah, but that's a pen, those are pendulum ideas too, though. Could be. Based on what? Like, is it, a pendulum, is it a pendulum in Europe? Like, it's been down for 40 years in Europe. Like, how, when's that pendulum going to swing back? So I, I, I accept the idea that 40% isn't a small number, and so it isn't totally collapsed. But I, I think it's interesting that, A, those two could talk about it as if it had collapsed, because presumably that either one or both of them don't go to church, right? Right. Which is interesting. <clears throat> and two, I think the question is interesting. So if you can't trust anything, then you can't trust everything. And if you can't trust everything, then that's anarchy. And, I, and so what are we willing to build up? I think that's that's the question that I, I thought I found interesting. That is interesting. So as much as I don't... What think, was your conclusion? I don't think the Hollywood is... My conclusion is I actually feel <clears throat> repentant about my warlike desire to burn everything down. So I don't. I don't feel bad. Here's where I, here's where I look at it. When I, I remember that... Do you remember when uh, the I, big... I think you might be talking in isolation about perhaps government. No. Okay, go ahead. I'm a table termer by, and I, I do not think that institutions, by uh, the, uh, I don't think that by the the nature of a chair existing that the chairman should sit in the chair. Sometimes chairs need to be removed, right? Sometimes we just need to move them, right? Yeah. So, so is if there is a problem at the CDC with yeah. the trusting what they have to say. You can up turn that table and say, "Okay, we found the rot. Let's fix it." So I'm, I, I don't mind. Okay, okay, but William, what we're doing is turning the uh, flipping the table, saying we found the rot, and then we're not fixing it. Agreed, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that's weird. But t things take time, and things evolve, and things like for, you know the institutions take time to crumble and they take time to rebuild. And I think that, uh, for instance, I think the education system right now is going to go through a huge rebuild because it's starting. Yeah. They've had to, because they've figured out that COVID, yeah, you don't have to come. And then people are saying, well, if we don't have to come, why are we paying all this extra money? And, you know, so there, there's, there, the other part is that people figured out that there's a lot of stuff to learn on the internet that can make you a very good living. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to be a great coder, you probably could learn how to code without. They've literally have a camp like yeah. uh, half a mile from here called Code Ninjas. Yeah. Where kids can go after school and learn how to code. And there's a kid in my congregation who is learning JavaScript right now. And dude, if that kid gets good at JavaScript, he's hired, man. He's yep. going to make six figures yep. like two years out of high school. Yep. And, or one year out of high school, you can make well, it. I mean, really it's, good. It's, sure. it's amazing. So um, there's, a, there's those, you know, those kind of shifts that happen. Uh, do I think like faith, I think there's faith shifts in, in, in life, right? So when things are good, people don't go to church. And when things are bad, people go to church. It's kind of natural. Uh, it's a little sad, I think, but it is natural. I think, I think, but there is definitely an erosion of what we would call agreed upon principles. Um, and I think that's the big danger to me. And that does come down to faith. So to, to his point, 
I think that it is the erosion of faith that is, is causing a lot of this problem because we don't accept what we would call absolute truth. We're, 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 we talked about this before, but w- truth is so subjective yeah. that it, it's just, oh, from your point of view and from my point of view. I mean, some of the things we turn on, the t- like, oh, I, I, subjective truth has become reality n- in any of its forms, right? If I decide that I'm a bird, that someone's going to fight for me to my right to say that I'm a bird right. or a cat. Yeah. Right. I want my cat litter. Anyway, these are bummers. I don't like this idea. All right. I, I, I only because I want, I want to be upbeat and I, there's a lot of different things out there that we could talk about that is more fun than this, but I do have a question. Well, I think it's fascinating. What I think is fascinating. I will say <clears throat> in favor of faith is that I think it's fascinating that our that our faith has taken such a declarative position in favor of certain institutions and that we uphold and like we talk about marriage not even as a as a thing we do on earth but we talk about marriage as something that is if you do it right is everlasting forever so we're not even saying this is a nice setup for the next 50 years right we're saying no 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 this is the foundation of Eternity. Future kingdoms of glory. Right. <laughs> like that's a pretty bold statement. So I think in a way we are prototypically pro-institution. Like we are pro-institution as a culture. And I think that's fascinating that <clears throat> society at large is is doing the opposite. So I I well, okay, one more weird uh I gotta ask this question because I want to understand something. We, we, uh, you know, we mentioned this the last time, uh, we were on air. We were talking about how, uh, no matter what a state individual state, meaning a state as country, um, does in their inter inner political system or in inner, um, economic systems. If you, if you operate as a state, as a socialist on the world stage, you have to still work as a capitalist because it's all done by supply yeah, and demand. Supply so and demand. my question is. What's the deal with corporations today? Are they operating under a capitalist idea when they when they go after, uh, say, a state that says something they don't like? I don't really get that. So it brought me to this question: What is more important, an employee or a, or a customer? I mean, look, it's just really straightforward. I mean, that's a loaded question. The obvious answer is over time, a customer. You can't you can't survive without a customer. So if that's the case and all these big CEOs with these, you know, big brains coming from big schools and they're saying they they, they are going after their customers because of the noise of their employees, how do they survive? They won't. So Mike over time. Over time, how long a time? So, well, this is the problem you just said. Like taking down and taking down institutions takes time. Rebuilding them takes time. So, I I know what you're talking about, and we're not going to not say it out loud because I, I get to say it out loud because I no longer work there. Um, there, like, if the state of Florida passed a law saying that up up to third grade teachers shouldn't teach about sexual identity and um and which and, seems reasonable. It does. Whether or not you're on either side, I don't no, understand. Right. That's a the, reasonable idea. The other side sees it as unreasonable because they perceive correctly that this is a slapback at they, they perceive correctly that this is a slapback at a cultural freaking 
preference cascade toward talking about gender identity all the time. It is. It is a slapback at that. And they're taking it as the insult that it is, and they're fighting it on the grounds that it's insulting. But the, it's an employee's, okay, here, <clears throat> okay, let me ask you this. Am I wrong to say that Disney as a company built itself on the idea of wholesome family fun? You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong that 10 minutes ago, that was the idea. And honestly, I don't know how uh, Bob Iger kept the forces that are doing this at bay as long as he did. I don't know how he did it. So you're a big Bob Iger fan. You think that he did well as far as that goes. So here's the deal with Bob Iger. Like... Like Disney is, is a company built on the creative arts, like and the creative arts, um, ha, and it's built in the coastal cities. It is. It's 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 in Emeryville, which is the Bay Area, and it's in Los Angeles, which is here. And so these are cities that that are that have like large populations of people of all um, gender persuasions, like and of all sexual preferences, right? And so there are a lot of gay and lesbian, um, and uh, and even to whatever degree a lot is trans folks that work in the creative arts at Disney. So it's surprising to me. And, 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 and there's been a long run of trying to advance and publicize uh, uh, those, those kinds of life choices to make, uh, I don't know, to, to mainstream it. And I, I, I'm just really surprised and amazed at how successful Bob Iger has been at protecting kids' entertainment from starting to talk about those issues very much. Now, they didn't do it entirely. There's a couple of there's a couple of Disney Channel cartoons that addressed it. There was a Disney Channel show that, where someone had two moms, and and it was a big deal. It hit the news when it happened, but it was only a few years ago that that was a big deal. Right. right. It's only a few years ago that that was a big deal. So I don't know what Bob Iger said or did to because like I mean I know for sure he, that he that he that he pushed off people that were doing that. I know he did. I know he did. But I just don't know how he did it and and made people feel like it was their idea. You know what I mean? Like, how did he keep people happy while he was doing it? Well, so here's my weird, like, here's my take. So I've I've started. I like to watch TV series as as just a way to kind of yeah. turn my brain off, right? And I, I, there just haven't been many good things out lately. And then Paramount One, some of the shows that I liked started on the Paramount channel, and now I can't get them okay. unless I buy Paramount, which I'm just not willing to do. Okay, sorry, Paramount. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, there's just not many good shows out there. So I started a new show called Big Sky. Have you seen this one? Uh, is, that, is that the prequel to Yellowstone? I don't know. No, no, no. It's just uh, it's two girls, and they they live in Helena, Montana, and they are, like, private investigators. First awesome. of all, the premise of that could be interesting in the sense that you get really cool scenery, blah, blah, blah. But how much private eye work can you really get in Helena? <laughs> Seriously. So I lost my cat. Right. I'm like, it's so it's kind of funny. Like in, in my mind, I'm thinking this is a very small place, but they have this unbelievable push for these characters that are, are alternative. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, the first one we saw was a transgender person. And I'm like, it's oh. like, that's always an episode though. Right. Like that was, that was the thing back in Remington steel. Yeah. <laughs> like, but there's see, always that the trans. Yeah, exactly. Episode. And that one didn't bother me at all. And you know, they kind of got into, you know, are you a man or are you a woman kind of thing? And they, they, I thought they handled it pretty good. I wonder if you, I wonder if you introduced maybe what, what is the breaking point for me? Cause for me, it's one thing. If I feel like a show is honestly representing yeah, the different kinds of people that we find in life, yeah. which I consider to be artful and honest. That's right. Fine. As opposed to where where you can tell the director is like, 
this is the way it is. Deal with it. Right. <laughs> like when they're trying to teach me how right. to be. Right. When they, when they try and start, when I can tell that they're like, that they feel really like strongly that they got to teach stupid me who is right. in middle America and trying to re- live a regular church life. Right. Like how to, be, how to think, have some imagination, stupid idiot. Yeah. Like when that starts to happen, I'm out. And dude, I have been out of a lot of shows lately. No. And it's been just, a I dropped. Yeah. I, so my question is. No, when so, does the customer okay. so matter? Let's, let's talk. Let's talk really briefly because something happened yesterday that's that's bonkers. So, so Florida passes this law saying no education about this, right? Um, which, <clears throat> and I understand how that that idea is insulting. I understand. Nevertheless, by law, we're required to have our kids in school, and the idea that by law we can send our kids into a place where we don't get to protect them from ideas that we that we want to be around when they're taught, right? Um, is is just not it's not it's not fair. And if you think that it's fair, you're not you're not a serious person. <laughs> like I, in the same way that I would expect that no one should have to go to kindergarten and be taught about my faith, correct, and accept it, right, and and, and about all the life choices that, that fall from my faith. Yep, I would not expect that I, my kid has to be legally ob- obligated to be taught. Correct. About ideas that are contrary to right. my faith. And therefore. if you're going to uh, do this and you're going to make a sex ed about it and you're going to have all that stuff and people have their ability as a parent to opt out of that, I'm all right with that. And if other parents can say, okay, we're going to have that, I'm all right with that. I mean, that I don't have a problem <laughs> it's the, with... It's the notion of obligation. Yes. Okay. So Florida passes this law. Uh, Disney keeps their mouth shut about it because they should. Well, <laughs> Not, yeah. They should. And, and then, the, and then and the LGBT employees at Disney raise a stink about it and they raise a stink to the point that they're going to have a walkout and they're having a walkout to the point that the CEO um, feels like he has to make a statement. And, and the only statement you can make at Disney right now politically is that it's the don't say gay law and we're, we're opposed. So di- he comes out and says, we're opposed to it. And then they're like, aha, we got a toehold. And so, and so instead of saying, thank you, CEO, you did the right thing. Right. They immediately started like, now what are you going to do about it? So he's like, no, I re- really oppose it. And, and then so yesterday they have a meeting at Disney, an all-hands meeting. This is where they have, a, they have a video conference. Everyone's supposed to join. There's 150,000 employees at Disney around the world. They're supposed to join. And, and you're looking at me like you, had, you didn't see this video. Did you not see this no. video? Oh, William, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> so it, to me, it's one thing. That, here's what the CEO wants, in my opinion. In my humble opinion, the CEO wants to say his statement Go and to to offer a couple of sacrificial lambs, and then go back to business as normal. And what happened yesterday is going to it might cost him his job. I think it's going to cost him his job. I, I honestly do. So what happened? They did an all hands where they had a tour of people from the company who are affected by LGBT issues speak about how this is a real turning point and how. They are going to change things at Disney to to make to make, um, you know, issues of gender identity. Okay, I'm going crazy. William, yes, William. Ah. One, one of the ladies said, "She's like, I have on a, on a whiteboard, like we have a we have a matrix where every time we have a character, we look up at the whiteboard and we see, you know, what of the different inclusive categories they fall into, and I have a target to have fifty percent of our characters." Be of of all, of all these different persons. Good, do it. Fifty percent. Do it. What's her name? 
I don't know. I, I, I challenge you. Do it. Because you know what? Your customers are leaving. I'm at a point now where I'm William, ready to burn the fence. Then, I'm not going back to then, Disney. And then it's all in the same all hands. Someone's like, yeah, at the park, we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We say, we say friends of ages, young and all, whatever. They say something else because they're not going to say gendered things. <laughs> I have a concern. And the concern is, look, the, co- the only value proposition to me of Disney Plus the only value proposition is this is a place where my kids can watch content forever. Correct. In a safe way. Correct. That's what Disney Plus I agree with you. whole value is. Yep. So two weeks ago, they introduced TVMA content so that they could bring in the Marvel shows from Net- Netflix. So now Daredevil's on there. That's like strike one. And then today we got someone on in an all hand saying that they're going to make 50% of the characters challenge all of the religious teachings I teach my kids on a regular basis. Yeah, and I'm good like, luck. wow. Good luck. Do it. It's the end. It's the end. I mean, you like, can't do it. legit, I don't own all that you much Disney stock, but I'm looking at it going, I guess maybe I should sell. Hey, what, what percentage <laughs> of people are in the LGBTQ community? So, uh, there, for a long time, the estimates were two and a half percent. And, and LGBT folks say that that number is artificially low because people are afraid to declare it. It's okay. really more like 10%. Okay, let's say 15. <laughs> it's 15%. I'll give, how about 20? <laughs> the numbers don't work. The numbers don't work. If you're going to yeah. pander to 20% of your audience or 20% of your customers, yeah. right, you're going to alienate another huge percentage of them. So can you afford to alienate them? And I'm going to tell you, you can't. And what's going to happen is you're going to lose the CEO, right? I agree with you. He's going to go downhill. I, I, I mean, that, that video yesterday. They're writing checks they a can't. a huge problem. That video is a huge yeah, problem. They're writing checks they can't afford. You cannot go through. By the way, uh, you know, Disney had a terrible few years with COVID. Yeah. And now you're going to come into a terrible few years of wokeness. It's stupid. Stop it. I'm mean, like, listen, I, I don't, you know, I've talked about this before. I will not buy Nike stuff. I will not even give away Nike stuff that exists in my house. I'll yeah, yeah, d- yeah. throw it away. Yeah, absolutely. All because, not because I hate Nike. I think that they make a superior product. I like their products better than anyone else's. But what I came to a conclusion was, if you are no longer going to accept normal values of sports, right? I stopped watching ESPN for the same reason. I just want to be able to have merit-based things win. I want a winner to win and I want a loser to lose because at the end of the day, it's about merit. And if you can't see that your customers aren't going to buy this stuff, you deserve your fate. Like, so William, I want to do the counterpoint now. The counterpoint is, so do you want to be on the wrong side of history? Do you want to be the governor of Alabama who refused to- I don't accept the premise. Well, clearly you aren't seeing the moment that we're in, William. No, it's not a moment. We're like, having a moment. No, we could be teaching tolerance and kindness without shoving things down other people's throats or alienating audiences. You can do things by uh, and use, you don't even have to use super alternative people to be able to teach the correct principle. And that is, hey, you are a person of value to everyone, regardless of how you identify. But that doesn't make you a person of value bigger than everybody else. Mm. You can I don't teach know. those principles you're without other, having it. You're othering, you're othering LGBT people by saying that they can't have a gay kiss in Buzz Lightyear. Can they have a straight kiss? That, go ahead, put it in there. But guess what? You and I have already decided not to watch that movie. So if you and I have done that, is that's because, not is one it ticket. Is it because you're a bigot? 
No, it's not because I'm a bigot. It's because you're teaching a lifestyle that can be discovered for someone else's. They can discover it if they want to. Listen, am I going to hate my child if he becomes gay? No, I'm not. I'm going to love them. Do I think it's wrong? Well, that's going to be a discussion for, for me and my child. But at the end of the day, will I alienate him? Probably not. No, I won't. But that's because I love, because of my values at what are age, that. At what age should you have conversations about this with your child? Well, I mean, I, we usually have a talk at eight years old and then frequent talks after that. I mean, not frequent as in every day, but you, so eight you got to talk eight about Eight years old, it. what's interesting about that is that's the number that's right after the law. Like, and the law goes up to seven years old in, in Florida. But, well, well, but that's my decision as a, as, as a parent, right? The problem is, is Don't that, you think there's a public good to be served no, by us talking about no, this in schools? No, There's not a public good. What about homes that teach kids to be bigots? That's the right. Then they're going to have to come out and live in a world that's not bigoted, and and they're going to have to figure out a way to to survive. And a lot of those people lose their bigotry because they realize it was wrong. Well, one of the things I think is interesting is that uh, sometimes, uh, even often, I guess, the stereotype in in films about this issue have like the Christian kids are like super bullies and super bigots. Right. And what's funny is, I I stood up for. Um, some gay kids in high school um, because of, of my conscience was really um, affected because of my faith. Right. Like, I'm like, I, I can't look at this and see someone being treated badly. Right. Um, because my Christianity won't let me. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, what I wish that, I'd done it sooner. I let like, it go a little what, too what, long, but what, listen, what did, you know, G- Jesus, he went, to the places where nobody would go. I mean, yeah. the religious Jesus for sure will be friends with the gay and lesbian right. and trans folks in right. the world. I feel like we got away from the point you're trying to make, which is regardless of what you think is right and what you think is wrong. If you, if you focus, first of all, if you take opinions on any public issue that could split left or right, You've alienated half the half of your right. customers. So it's politically, the Jordan idea. Politically, right out of the gates. Right. 50-50. And D- Disney has been winning for avoiding that. Which I think is a better model for business. So go back to the idea. Can you survive without customers? I guess CNN has. So CNN <laughs> has. So this is the How thing. do they do that? Uh they have, just subscribers they, they from have institutional, cable? No, they're not making money. They have institutional inertia. They can't go out of business. They're CNN. They're being paid for by... Oh, so they have artificially high ad rates because people buy ads. They're like, yeah, but it's CNN. That, that, that's true. And that's going down every day. Yeah, but, but okay. So at the end of the day, are they in the red? I think so. Yeah. Who owns them? What's the parent company? Time Warner. <laughs> Time Warner. And they just yeah. look at it as a loss so look, leader of some sort. But but all institutions are going down. Like like for example, you know Ivy League schools. There there's a bunch of Ivy League schools. We know uh, the names of like three, right? Harvard, Princeton, and Yale. But there's a bunch, right? And uh, Brown, Penn. Yeah, I don't know what they are, but they are. And my point Garmin. is like, <coughs> we have seen. Very, very clear, very several examples of how those institutions are no longer elite. We've seen it. But still, you can trade on their name. You can still say, man, I went to Harvard. It's equity. 
Right. They yeah. still have equity in so, there. So CNN still has momentum and Disney still going to, Disney still has incredible social momentum and they're not going to go out of business today and they're not going to go out of business tomorrow. Um, but I like, but, but they have violated for the first time in forever, which I think is from a song from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time in forever. They have said they have made me ask the question: Can I try? Can I, without thinking, send my kids to watch Disney content and know that they will be, um, yeah. in, in in a the answer is no, and the answer is no longer yes. Nope. Yep. You Gosh, cannot. That's so God, ah, that's frustrating. An, that's such an expensive answer. Oh, or maybe not. Maybe at the end of the see, but here's the other part of it, right? To me, I feel like there's so much room for other people to come in with content that people are like. I think that yeah, but but who else going to do it? No one is even trying. Like everyone conceded. This is what's weird. They can everyone conceded this battle to Disney. Like Cartoon Network doesn't make cartoons for kids anymore. They make cartoons for adults, and Nickelodeon barely exists. Yeah, everyone but I lost to Disney. So Disney is a monopoly on kids' content. And now they're a monopoly that is starting to freaking wield the broadsword toward kids. And that's crazy. I, well, I don't think they can. It's, there's no such thing as too big to fail. And by the way, going back to my idea. I'm not idea, saying that they won't fail. I'm just saying that I don't know who has the money to go jump in and make a $300 million Pixar movie. You know what I mean? But those movies are expensive to make. That's true. But Pixar <laughs> existed before Disney. Yeah. I mean, basically, and it existed before Apple. I mean, I mean, Apple existed, but basically uh, when uh, Steve Jobs left, he went to start Pixar and he put that together. So the question is, is, is there a brilliant guy out there that's going to just start something else? I mean, like, can Elon Musk do it? I don't know if he's really family values guy, but he's certainly talking more economic, you know, uh, common sense than anyone else at this point. Yeah, You're he, literally, they're you literally he threatened yesterday. He's threatening to to build another social network because he should because Twitter is is not being he should. Twitter's out. Okay, Twitter, I'm predicting three years is nothing. Nobody's going to talk about Twitter anymore. Hmm. You got rid of your biggest draws. You're idiots. <laughs> they basically, they weren't big William, enough. you're on the wrong side of history. You're, That's not the you're, point. You're having a, I'm we're talking having economics. A, we're having a movement and you're not participating. Listen, Adam Smith, right, who's the, the you know, the person who, uh, let's just say, recognized that capitalism had existed, right? And then put it all into a form that we can understand. It talks about the invisible hand, right? And basically you get to a point where an organization gets up so big that they think that they're too big to fail and they're, that they don't have any innovation left in them. And so what happens? They fall. So that's what's going to happen. And I'm not table turning and saying that Disney should no. fail. I'm sad, William, but it's, it's a happen. whole new world. <laughs> I almost broke into song. A whole new world. I, now I want to do the entire episode over. I want to go re-record this whole episode and do Disney drops throughout. The you whole thing. I mean? You can do it better than I can. You're funnier than me. Eat to live, gotta steal to eat. That's what Aladdin once said. <laughs> and he did it in a pre-rap way. <laughs> He's the precursor to Lin-Manuel Miranda. I have to warn you that if we had done this podcast in the wrong audience, someone would have walked across this table and slapped you straight in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have acted like Chris Rock and unlike, not moved. No, unlike, yeah, unlike Chris Rock, you would have flinched <laughs> and you would have screamed. <laughs> and then you would have fought back with your, with your tiger claws. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day. What like, a weird week, man. This is so weird, dude. We're talking about Disney. 
We're, on, we're, we're talking about Disney lurching against uh, traditional family values and Will Smith, America's darling, slapping, like, a, dude. Slap, slapping a, a much smaller person on stage. What a weird week. I can't, I still can't get over this whole idea. Like he climbed on stage and slapped the guy and then started yelling during the performance, right? I'm like, what a weird. No, because like, I, I think I know how he gets there. Because first of all, he laughed at first. But never mind. I don't what want kind to of voodoo does Jada I don't Pinkett talk more about slap? Friends, this has been a, geez, a cultural journey. <laughs> tsunami. Cultural tsunami today. Yes. In this episode. We're tackling all the thorny issues. They're confronting uh, Americans, and uh, we wish you well. We hope you. We hope we wish you good judgment. We hope that you uphold the institutions that you value, and that you uh, you, you table flip those that you don't. Yeah, or renew them. Renew them. Renew them. I'll buy Nike again if they apologize to me personally. <laughs> Dear William, <laughs> we've noticed how nice your garage looks lately, and we wish to issue you an apology sincerely. Your friends, the Nike, Nike slash HOA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, this has been the Waystation Podcast, your source for life hacks, searing social commentary, and amazing stories. I'm William. I'm Randy. Have a good day. If you found yourself chuckling or thinking, you know who would really enjoy this, you should definitely send it to a friend. In writing. <laughs> in writing. We, we we accept all kinds of contributions. Some people wrap buses. Some people like to put up, uh, you know. Wrap buses? Yeah, where you get like this cling wrap, so you wrap them around a bus. It's just oh, like this way. Then wrap it. Because buses are huge in Santa Clarita. I mean, I, hundreds of people ride that every day. Hundreds.